Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 375. We've got a great guest with us. We've got Simon Lamley with us, and he has a website called The Brain Will. Just love the name, Simon. Would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers, Simon? Of course, of course. So, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a, typically a marketing guy. Um, I'm really known as... Uh, more of a, a marketing science guy. So that's sort of a real speciality of mine as well. So I worked in, in London for a number of years. So I was working in advertising agencies for a while. So I went off and set up my own business a while ago and came up with a brain wheel. And uh, it's a bit of a nutty idea, isn't it? But it uh, makes a lot of sense. But it's generally when people, when people think of buying, it's a very emotional decision. And it's when we want people to buy stuff, it's about moving their uh, moving these little cogs in their head toward buying from you and con- considering right. you and then going to per- purchase. So you want to get their brain wheel spinning. And the best way to do that is is through emotion. And that's what we do. We take people through steps to create more emotion in the customer's mind so they're more likely to buy from you. That's great. And I've got my great co-host, Cindy. You'd like to introduce yourself to the new listeners and viewers, Cindy? Sure. Um, hi, everyone. Cindy Nicholson here from thecoursewhisperer.com and help, I help entrepreneurs uh, create great content for their courses. That's great. So um, before we go into the main part of the interview, folks, I'd like to talk about one of our major great sponsors, and that's Kinsta Hosting. And what is Kinsta? Kinsta provides a great platform if you're looking for quality hosting for your WordPress website, especially if you've got a membership learning management system or e-commerce website. Um, Kinsta really are the bee's knees when it comes to fully hosted WordPress hosting. And why should you care if you're a consultant power user? Well, basically, they use the power of Google Cloud hosting, but they provide their own fantastic interface. And also, they provide fantastic 24-7 support. So it's a double winner. You get the power of the Google infrastructure, but you get a really personal support system that you can really rely on. And we host the WP Tonic website. We've been hosting with them for almost two years now, and it's just superb. So I can't more recommend them. We wouldn't host our own site if I thought they weren't really fantastic. Go to kinster.com, find out more about them, and purchase one of their great hosting packages. On to the main part of the interview. So, Simon, in your introduction, you said buying is emotion. So... Um, we all do it. I've done it on my own website and on a lot of people that that have membership sites or trying to sell online courses, they list a long list of functionality or the things that you're going to get if you do the course. Do you think they're slight? I get the impression you might think that they're slightly deluding themselves. Oh, so you mean in terms of the sales page, which they actually list yes. out and things like that? Well, I think those those things are incredibly important. So, generally, it's um, we have I use sort of about a number of different principles. There are about seven steps I like to take people through in creating a connection. Actually, the um, the first thing to do, you know, as soon as you land, it's the more of the emotional 
um, emotion needs to really hit you straight away. And things like features and benefits, obviously, I think they come lower down the list, um, lower down the page, that is, because it's, the most important thing is, I was funny enough, I was talking to someone about this the other day, it's when you first really like a brand or a product, it's the emotion, it's the real heart that's, that really comes into play. And then things go into far more of a rational thing. And then when the push comes to the sell to buy now, you know, 10 places left or whatever it might be, that's when the emotion comes back in because risk and scarcity and all these things, the emotion sweeps back in at the end. So the way, way you're talking about listing out features and benefits, that's the middle part, the more rational part. And that's really important because people need to take their time to make a judgment. So, you know, especially think with higher involvement, things like courses, it's very important to list out the features and benefits. And I, I think personally, I'm a huge fan of long sales copy as well huge fan because especially with online stuff as well so i think if you're if you're selling a perfume you probably have just a picture big bold pictures and videos and maybe a word but when you're talking about things that take a lot of thought processes and um you know obviously buying you know courses and things like that you really need to have them listed out and i think oh, i remember a few years ago guy uh, ramit sethi that's it i think he writes like 20 pages worth <laughs> of sales content because you know you don't people scan pages they don't read every line and there's a bullet point or two or three that will just catch your attention and and that that's really important so if it's not if it's not in the customer's mind and you're making a high involvement purchase you need to put it onto onto the page and let people scan down it's a similar process to buying a car and looking at a car brochure you know you go and you think wow i'm going to buy this i don't know this tesla or something like that you oh god i'd love to have a tesla but anyway that's another story and then you <laughs> and then you go away you get the brochure and you look through all all the way through the brochure and then you know suddenly there's there's some really cool feature in there and you tend to really invest in that. And then you go into buying and then the emotion ramps up again as you try and seal the deal and make a purchase. So I don't I don't know if that answers your your question, but I would say oh, yeah. it's yeah. not very you, important. Yeah. What you're saying is go, you know, if it's a medium to higher ticket course, you need a you need to invest a lot of time in a lot of copy. Is that yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think in answer to that, yeah, the first thing is invest in, invest in a lot of coffee. Get it, if it's not in your customer's mind, get it in front of them on the page. And the third thing is realize that they're going to scan, not read every line. And so every customer will like something that's a bit different within each bullet. Over to you, Cindy. Um, I, I think that's a really good point in terms of starting with the emotion, then go to the rational part and then end with emotion. I think that's a really smart way to structure it because, you know, emotionally you want to get them hooked, but then you want, once you're emotionally attached, you want to then rationalize your reasons of why you still want to move forward. And so if you provide that content or context <laughs> that gives them what they need at the point that they're looking for it. So, so what are your, some of your suggestions about how to catch, capture the emotion at the beginning? Like if we are talking about a sales page or something like that, what, what are some strategies to capture the emotion of the, the, the potential clients? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the first things we uh, we say when, so the brain will have this thing called emotional acupuncture, which is kind of what we, the, the sort of the ways, the steps we take people through. And so that means like, imagine, I'll answer your question directly in a, in a second, but imagine, you know, with acupuncture, you put some needles in somebody and then it makes them, makes them, I don't know, their joints fly up or <laughs> they get more relaxed. But it depends how good your acupuncturist is. But imagine if you had some very nice little needles that you imperceptually put in customers' brains to make them take a different reaction. Well, the first one 
yeah, to get that real emotion is you need to have that connection straight away. The connection is the most important part when you first land there. And the connection is usually problem-based, I find. A really nice um, problem-based headline works very well. Uh, the reason it's I choose the problem when you say you land on a sales page and that headline, it must it must connect to you, the customer. So generally, I, I mean, every sales page on my website is based around one person, one real living person. I'm not a huge fan of personas. Um, I mean, I've worked in agencies all my life and I think when you, uh, well, not all my life, not so, not so much anymore, but when you talk to, um, you know, when you go do a persona and it's just this Frankenstein monster of a person, you're not able to get that connection that you can create on your sales page. So you need to move beyond the segment of customers, which is thousands to a persona, which is a Frankenstein representation of a few people to moving to one person. When you sit down and you talk to one person, they just say stuff that you just can't make up, especially if you're a small business owner. Not everyone has the skills to be an advanced copywriter. So I think that's, that's really, it's really important. So you can talk to somebody, get that problem, put it in the sales page, and people can relate to that problem and connect immediately when they land. And so the, more dramatic, the most dramatic problem is probably the best one to lead with. I mean, newspapers do it all the time, don't they? So that's really nice. The only exception would be is if you've got an incredibly unique product. I mean, the obvious, everyone chooses Apple. So, I mean, if you look at the iPod, for example, so, you know, however many um, thousand songs in your pocket they had, that's, that uniqueness will make more of an, e- an emotional connection with you as soon as you land versus a problem that people might have with listening with MP3 players. So it's sensible to, to have a uniqueness on the, on the headline when you're landing if it is truly unique and truly, truly different as well. But otherwise, go for the problem because most, most products aren't really that different in customers' minds either. Right. Yeah, I think I think two things there. Number one, you know, make sure that it's addressing a particular problem that your clients or your target clients have and um, position it as though you're talking to one person as opposed to a group of people. So I think that that's, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Jonathan? Yeah, but, you know, the internet web pages are notoriously a cold communication format, you know. Uh, how... You know, are you just saying it is just the copy and on, you know, and taking copy from one person that you've had a conversation around the product or the problem that you're attempting to solve? Will that deal with this coldness that the internet Mm. is? Well, actually, I think you've got, that is a massive, massive point. I I think you've got a, I think this is where brand is far more important actually, because I think definitely people want to arrive at your sales page already having known you, already having trusted you. So for example, say if you had a course from somebody, let's just pick a Ramit Sethi again that lots of people might know, and you had exactly the same copy on that page as on a web page that was from somebody unknown. The copy could be exactly the same, but because you've you know about Ramit Sethi, you're more likely to scan through and believe and that credibility is going to be there. So for example, what you're doing, which I don't do a great job at all, you know, I want to launch a podcast. I don't have time. (laughs) My wife's due twins. We worked out (laughs) very, very soon. So we realized time's going to be immensely short. But doing what you're doing is fantastic. You know, 300 or plus, you know, um, 370 or so episodes you've done now. Yes. It's an extraordinary amount. And it's really good because you've got people know, people trust you immediately. So when they land on your site, they're seeing your copy through different eyes. But if you've clicked on, people don't know about you and it's just about 
uh, people just clicked on a PPC, you know, ad and they've just clicked through. You, there's a whole, it's, it's a whole different experience. So this is why brand's really important. Um, so I think any, any, any channels like um, PR, podcasting, uh, I think if you had TV budget, that would be good as well. Um, anything that can really build your brand and your profile so that when people click through to your site, they're far more warm the better for you. And then, you know, this is like when I talked right at the beginning about being into sort of marketing science and things like that, I've spent a long time looking at not just science like neuropsychology, a lot of people do that, but what I mean is the real hard data about what makes what makes people buy. And if you look at the sales figures for when people buy things as well, for people who don't invest in brand, it goes up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, month in, month out, but no real long-term growth. But when you look at people who invest in brand, over three years, even though brand, you know, brand advertising, when any anything you do, say it's a great podcast or a TV ad, say it doesn't need to be a clear call to action to buy now. But people who see your ad on day one might end up buying in three years' time. But what you're doing is you're getting people to trust and buy into you. And if you repeat it continuously, you make you make longer-term sales. And instead of going along like this, up, down, up, down, you go up. And after about year one, typically the investment in brand starts to pay off, but not immediately. But if you only go for short-term sales activity with no brand, no great podcasts and no great TV, it just doesn't, it doesn't pay off and you end up yo-yoing just up and down. So a bit like going on a pogo stick. You really want to be, you really just want to be jumping up into the sky and on a plane. And that's what brand does to you. That's great. Cindy? Yeah, that's, that's very true. And, and you know, sometimes pe- something that people don't want to hear in terms of the investment of time that it takes to build that brand awareness mm-hmm. before you'll, you'll, you know, reap the benefits. But so you talked about, you know, different reasons why people buy from you. Can you kind of just share some of your other thoughts as to, you know, what, yeah. uh, you know, our salespeople that are listening need to really be conscious of when they're putting their materials together? Yeah, absolutely. It really, so for for us, the whole business is um, set around set up around people who have a superior product, but they keep seeing their their customers go to the competition, even though their product is like way better. So, and that this is where the whole emotional thing, the emotional acupuncture comes in. And there are really three main parts to that: getting customers to buy. The first one, they're going to sound obvious, but the way you break them down isn't so. So, what's your what's your message? Is the first one. Um, who, who's your brand is the one, other one, and it's also how you say it. So what you say, how you say it, and who says it. The what you say, the message is the most important, you know, is so important. So this is where the connection comes in. So when you create a great message, it's got to have a great connection. So does it relate to your problem? You know, that's a really nice way. So you land on your sales page, is that connection there? And then it's really nice if you can connect and go into maybe show that you empathize with the problem that you have as well. And then you need the results. You need a lot of results is the second one. So when you're creating the message, you need the connection, you need the, the results. So what's the advantage of me choosing this course? What, how, what difference is it going to make in, in my life? And you need to give them that result straight away. Or problem solution is another way of putting it, but I think connection's nice. Give them the result, tell them the advantage and the benefit, and then really paint that picture of what that result looks like in their, in their life. So if they were to buy from you, what are all the features and benefits like we talked about earlier on? Really important. And the third one is give them the proof. You know, is it credible? So testimonials, case studies, uh, places featured, something like that. Get expert reviews, um, star ratings. People really need that proof. Because what that does is that starts to take the risk out of people's minds about why they should buy from you. So the connection, the results, and, um, and the proof. 
so we're almost there with the message part, but you really need to, it's really important to, um, uh, to do this. And as I'm going through this in my head, there is obviously you need the push as well, which is the, this is actually the final one. So when you push people, um, you get to the end. So typically uh, you land on a homepage, it's download my free ebook and submit an email address. But if, if you just ask people to do that, that's, that's okay. But if you have a bonus, you need some sort of bonus, some sort of urgency that if you don't sign up today, you're really going to miss out. And that push is so important. So things like countdown clocks, I know they're kind of tacky a bit, so they're not quite my, my scene, but things like, you know, limited offer today, those sort of push tactics are the really important thing to have as well. So you're the message you delivered needs to in some way have something that's really pushy. And then finally, it needs to feel really quite different and special. So what is the most magical and special thing? So those, if you create a message around that, you and you can do that. A headline can do that phenomenally well, all of those things, all in one message. And, making, and a sales page as well. It's not just a message, it's a long thing. But you can always use those emotional acupuncture points throughout a sales page. You can condense them into a headline. It's a really beautiful thing, actually. (laughs) So it's nice. So that's what you say, which is the most dense part. But how you say it is the emotion. So when people are doing emotion, you need to give them the roller coaster, the up and down. You really need to take them places as well. So that roller coaster is so important. You need to pull people left and right. Because when, when you look at how people pay attention to things... You see that when when somebody says something really great, like my voice is going up, something in their light in their head switches on, and their their attention goes up. And there's a if you measure it, I'll, I'll try and share a video maybe with you <laughs> you guys afterwards, and you can share it with your community. When you look at a video and people's attention goes above a certain line, the memory switches on in your head and it starts to remember stuff, and then it encodes things. And when it goes below the line, and I start speaking more monotonely, people's attention switches off. And and if you don't create this up and down roller coaster effect or anything like that, then then what happens is you speak very boringly and people don't remember what you're saying. So you need to have this sort of up and down roller coaster effect. Um, so that so the way you know how you say it is so important that and we only react to things. Uh, we only have about eight emotions. Uh, it's like joy, sadness, and I forget the other ones: frustration, you know, anger, and hope. But there are there are only but limited emotions. So what we need to do is we need to make people feel something. The more positive, the better. We need to make them feel it strongly. So that is how that is um, that's how you say it. And then who says it? People always forget. You know, with TV ads, I was reading this the other day that with TV ads is that people often forget to put their brand in there in any particular way. So there might be this most wonderful ad with a great story. And then suddenly you think, who is that for? And car ads are really bad at that, really bad. They all sort of merge into one. And that's because the brand isn't present. I mean, you can have a logo, typically having a a logo at the beginning or just saying who this ad is from, having your your logo throughout, maybe it's on the car badge, maybe it's the, the, the color palette of the brand, it's a tagline, it's a jingle, all the way through to the end. But the problem with advertising, it's very, people misattribute the, your ad for someone else's brand. And often you can just be doing something for the competition. So, you know, that is why, you know, who says it and making sure you're present there is really, really important. So that's why, so that is quite a long explanation of, you know, it's your message, it's what you say, it's how you say it with the emotion, and it's who says it with the brand. So that's a bit of a whistle-stop tour. I, I, can, I can do an eight-week course on this, but... <laughs> well, it's interesting because people often just focus on what they say, not all of the other elements that go around it. So it's important to make sure that all of those other elements are yes. part of your message so that um, you hit all areas. So thank you for that. Jonathan? 
Yes, folks, we're going to go for our break. We'll be back with Simon learning more how to get your branding and message right for your course. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had an interesting discussion with Simon um, um, from the Brain Wheel. Um, just love the name. Now, Simon, um, what's the power of video? Because on my homepage, there's actually a video of me I know, it's quite scary, really, Simon. No wonder my conversion rate isn't fantastic. <laughs> they actually got to watch me. But um, hey, to be serious, do you think having a video on the homepage is a good idea? And is it a good idea, especially if you're selling yourself or you're a key person of the brand, to have you on the homepage in a video? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's really nice um, if you can do it, if you can execute it in a really nice way um, as well. So, it, I mean, especially, you know, if you're one person selling something to people who are trying to market yourself, it gets them to buy into you. Now, I don't have one simply because I just haven't had the time to do it yet. But actually, I think it's a really nice idea as well. Um, you know, and it's not just, hey, here's my, here's a podcast I've been on or here's my own podcast and listen here. You know, you're sort of there straight away. And it's really nice. It builds a personal touch. So one of my clients has got a, she's got a dating site. So she's had a dating website for a few years. And what she's, her, the way she's really different is she very good of sort of the personal touch. She vets every single profile that goes to this dating site. It's really clever. She wants people to date respectfully and treat each other nicely. So she, she, this personal thing is immediate straight from from the start. And she's she's got a video of her straight away, and it's really nice. It plays very well. The execution is so important. You know, you can have a great message in the video. Videos, obviously, look at any data. Video is extremely powerful format and is on trend at the moment. But you know, if the video isn't executed in the right way, it's it, it can it can fail a little bit. So um I I think that's that's my only watch out with the videos. Um so obviously Jonathan, I've seen yours as well. It's really nice. It's you. Oh, it's very okay. friendly and it's very down to it's down to down to earth and you think I know who this guy is and I can I can buy into him. So yeah, it's nice. So what what before I throw it over back to Cindy, what are some of the mistakes people do with these videos? You seem to be hinting like you know, you've got to get it right and what some of the things that you get wrong. Oh, honestly, it's it's the it's the homemade part of it. So uh in terms of getting it wrong, it's the typically using a smartphone camera, for example. I think it what it says is that when you produce a video, it sends a signal about you and your you know, your you and your brand. So for example, if you were to produce a video with a smartphone camera and it looked like it had been edited in a few seconds you know, bunged a logo at the front. It probably doesn't say great things about you. But if you're if you're sitting in a room, possibly not like a bedroom here with no lighting, <laughs> but imagine the signal I would be creating about myself if I had a you know proper lighting around me or something like that with a great with a great backdrop, and it clearly been edited and there was music in the background. Because what it does is it says I care about you, the viewer, 
as well. And that's why, I mean, on a different note, it doesn't matter if it's video on a website, but even TV ads, they send such a great signal about a brand. And TV is still, doesn't matter what other people think. The the science is clear, is very clear. TV is still the best performing uh, media out there by far. Um, It's better when you add other other channels on top. But the thing is with TV is it sends a signal about your brand. If you had a million dollars or pounds to spend would you rather spend a million pounds on a great series of tv ads or would you rather spend it a million pounds on display advertising the answer is it should be on tv because it says an awful lot about you and your brand that you care that you're going to go to the effort of producing a tv ad and you're not just going to go into adwords or you're not going to set up a, a google ad that's just going to sort of there just to drive quick traffic the signal's so important so video on your website says i really care as long as you execute it in a really nice way it doesn't need to be too hard, yeah. That's great. Over to you, Cindy. So, Simon, I have a question for you. I'm not sure if, uh, uh, I'm sure you have your perspective um, in terms of being a marketing scientist and all. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, my clients struggle with is coming up with a name for their course. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, you know, attracting the, the right people to their course or even just, just piquing somebody's interest. Do you have any, any thoughts based on your expertise as to how, like what, how, do, how should people go about coming up with a name in the course or, and should there be certain elements that should be in that name? Do, do you have any thoughts around that, Simon? Gosh, that's a, <laughs> that's a very big question. I mean, in, in terms of the, the name of the course, I have to, personally, it's the less the less conceptual, the better, because it's be- maybe if you're better known, it's okay, you can get away with it. But obviously from search perspective as well, it's, it's nicer to just have a course that just, you, you know what it is straight away, for example. So, I mean, I've taken, I'm trying to think of all the courses I've done. They've all had, I mean, article writing courses. They've all been called those information product courses. I'm just trying to think of the ones I've done. Marketing effectiveness courses, which is like a big marketing science one. They've all had big names. I just... I think the more opaque you make it, the more difficult to, to understand. I think it, it's harder for people to, to, to buy into you immediately. Because imagine, you know, like if people haven't, don't know you or don't know you too well, you're giving them another hurdle. So I would, I would do that. I think it's cool for things like brand names to make them sort of buzzy and exciting. But I think if you think it's too much, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's funny. I agree with you 100%. And because I have clients who come back to me with these, these different names and, and they'll give me a name and I'm like, but I don't know what that does. And, you know, you have to think of somebody going online on the computer, putting in a search for us, looking for a solution to their problem. They need to yeah. be able to see in the title that it's going to solve their problem, at least to get them to read more. So thank you for yeah. confirming that because <laughs> they often want think that they need to be crafty or, or cute or what have you. And I think the more clear you are, I think the better. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, to follow through on the on the video question, what's your views of YouTube? Do you think YouTube, um, especially for people on smaller medium budgets, YouTube, you could get yeah. some of the be- benefits of traditional television, which you have said are great. Do you think that that is a possibility that a lot of people aren't taking up and should really look at? Mm. I think you're right. The YouTube thing at the moment is particularly interesting. I think generally with any social media platform but you particularly youtube you can get really get a great brand there i mean uh, google had this lovely model of um, you know hero content hub content and hygiene hero being the one off you might do one amazing 
um, video in a year that you put media spend behind and then you have the hub stuff which might be once a month or so and then you have the hygiene which is like daily vlogs and stuff like that. Now I think if you're able to stretch across all three of those that's that's really helpful because what that does is that unlike TV you don't just have to wait for the hero piece of content to arrive you know which is which is really impactful you don't have to wait um you don't have to spend lots of time doing that you can still create everyday content which is a vlog or whatever it might be telling your customers about your daily your daily journey it might be creating the course and giving them a little tease into uh into what the philosophy of the course is or about the pains you go through to create it or whatever it might be but um i think that's really nice to have those those three levels and what that does is that gives you something that tv doesn't necessarily do which is that everyday reach because you know when you look at um when you look at the frequency how important it is to get in front of people i was i've been funny enough i've written a, a presentation the other day looking at the real science behind how often you should contact customers um, or how often you should put an ad in front of customers and it is literally you need to be there continuously on a at least on a low level that gets far more effect than just turning up for a month putting money behind some paid advertising and then switching off for 3 weeks do it on a lower level continuously and that's what's really nice about producing content a lot of the time but you do have to pay you do have to pay because when you look at the um the the growth rates of how much effect it drives your business when you do owned media and earned media the growth to a business is you know it's it's okay it can help stuff of course it does but when you put paid behind it it just rockets up your 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 traffic to the sites your you know people's awareness of the brand and consideration it just it just shoots it shoots right up so this is why paid owned and earned together are really important but especially paid because obviously with algorithms nowadays social media platforms are there to make sure that you um that you have to pay for advertising you get an audience and if you want to reach you collect that lovely audience like facebook for so long people spent ages creating fans and they say you can only reach 2 3% you got 100,000 fans and you think this organic post will only reach a few of them and those are the people who know about me already and need less convincing well that's why they force you to pay that's my concern with facebook groups that in the end you're going to get a really nice big group of people and they're going to switch off the group or make it <laughs> that is why I like my you know bespoke communities you know obviously you guys are more than experts in that so it's just i think that's really really important so um yeah i in terms of youtube going back to youtube it's great for brands at the moment there's a obviously clear issue in the news when you look at the ads that people get away with you know far right ad far right wing ads and you know really bad um sort of uh, poor levels of advertising and so uh big brands i think um is it crafts and cabris uh, i'm trying i think there's those are the names they've recently pulled the advertising budget from youtube because you can't you, you know you don't want to associate your brand with mm-hmm. um with with very dodgy um advertisers so it's mm-hmm. a big watch out over to you Cindy um i i'm actually interested how uh cuz you were talking about going into companies and helping them can you tell me a little bit about how you actually work with companies and and what uh, yeah. what the process that you go through to help them gosh that's uh, that's abs- absolutely so uh i work with three types <laughs> i work with small businesses i'm incredibly broad i work with agencies and i work with the, with the, with the larger ones as well so in terms of the process it's very much consulting you go and you find a pro- you find out what problem they need helping with and we'll do that i also do um i'll come on to the processes in a bit but i also do an audit um as well where you go in and you audit people's marketing channels and you see what's working and you assess their brand and you do a snapshot and then that might lead to sort of more consultancy and then the small business side I actually have my own community which is launching on Friday 
of all things. Mm. It's, it is actually called the Brainy Lounge. So it's for small businesses who are afraid of you say, without the sleazy sales pitches because, you know, like number of communities could be about pushy selling. So um, it's all based around one customer I met who was one of the first to sign up. <clears throat> this is an early sign up, so it's good. Um, and then I sell, you know, one-to-one time and audits and uh, things like that. Um, I mean, so the, I mean, the process I go through with clients, it really is just bespoke about about them and what the problems they need. Generally, an audit is a really nice start because it just says, this is where you are now. It's proper strategy. It's like, do a diagnosis. Like, the proper basic of any, basis of any strategy you do, you, know, you do the diagnosis, you say, what do you want to do next? And then, and then you recommend some, some solution at the end. And it's often that. And there's no, no business is the, is, is the same. So I'm working with one client at the moment who needs products. So it's actually a, a digital agency. They need products to sell on workshops. So I've gone in and created, created sales copy and the products, three, two or three products with them which they're now promoting. And then I've got another client who needed a marketing audit to said, where do I stand now? What do you, you know, is this, is this working for me? And then I have other clients who just want me to go and work on ad campaigns as well and do events. So it, I mean, I, I've got to the stage in my career where I don't use the term digital anymore in my CV. Everything's digital. TV's digital, distributed digitally. A lot of outdoor digital is digital. Radio's digital. So I think the word's now redundant. So I've taken that completely out. I think generally my my approach is that I go and you diagnose a problem and you find a problem that's really bespoke because you know I'm offering sort of high end expensive marketing consultancy. However, however, there is a, a serious system that I do use that that is slightly different from the emotional acupuncture one. That if somebody needs to grow a brand, as well, we have um, there's there's kind of a five stage model, but essentially it's people's brands need a lot of refreshing. I find they get quite stale. So we have a five-stage um, five, five stage system that I guide clients through, which the first thing to do is not talk about the customer at all, is just find out what is your fuel. Why did you go into business in the first place? You know, what is it that really annoys you about the way the competition does things? And this is why <laughs> it's so important. The fuel is everything. And when I work with clients, that's usually the first place I start because I want to understand them. But when you talk to them about it, you realize how sometimes it can be quite a weak philosophy. They've got a weak fuel. But when you sort of say, why did you go into business? What's the competition like? What is it you hate about the competition? When you tap into that, people get really angry and they think, I know I can do this better. And then suddenly, not only does that help form the philosophy for your homepage, you've also got a uniqueness there. It's like you think, oh, this is how I can do it better. And then you can have more of a uniqueness. And then you can work with them to think, well, how, how do we solve a customer's problem? And then we move through product developments and building a website and then how to communicate their business after that and measuring effectiveness and ROI and all that afterwards. But it's really, it's just all about the fuel. It's got to start there. If you don't have the fuel, you don't have the enthusiasm, then you know, people don't care. You know, my, my, thing, my thing is I'm really against people being misled marketing advice. I think having spent years with like real, really high quality, high quality, best of marketing science in the world, institutions, universities, and then I came to the small business world as well I thought, man, this, some of this, not all, by the way, some wonderful people out there, but some of this advice is, is, is downright wrong. And that you can hear it in my voice now, can't you? People's attention are probably speaking in their it's going over the line, but it is, it's, it's wrong. And I want to write that wrong. I want to show people that there's far more sensible professional advice out there, you know, from somebody who's had qualifications in this as well. And it's not some guy who's grown up in a basement thinking they can wing it with just publishing annoying content every day. There's an art and a science. <laughs> I think that's a really good place to start in terms of what is it about the competition that bothers you? Because that's 
probably mm. one of the reasons why I got into what I'm doing is just because there was it was bothered me what I was seeing out there. So I think that's a good place to start. Uh, Jonathan. I think we're going to wrap up the podcast now, folks. Um, Simon's really, um, um, I've really been intrigued with some of the things that Simon's got to say. Simon, how can people find, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and what your thoughts and what your company's up to? Sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously you can go to the website, which is the thebrainwheel.com. But I mean, I, I love hearing to, from people by email as well. I, I, I love the personal advice. You know, the whole business is built around being small and thoughtful. And I, I just, I answer every email that I get. And please just email me at simon at thebrainwheel.com. Um, it's non-salesy, non-pushy. I just like meeting new people and talking and explaining myself. That's great. And Cindy, what's the best way for people that are new to the podcast to find out more about you and what you're up to? Well, they are welcome to uh, visit my website at thecoursewhisperer.com or um, say hello to me and reach out on LinkedIn. You can find me there at uh, Cindy Nicholson. And um, folks, we're doing a webinar tomorrow. Yes, it's the day. It's the days come. It's tomorrow, folks. And we're going to be doing this webinar, the seven things that you really need to know to have a successful course, your first course. And that will be at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. It's going to be me and Cindy. We've got some great advice. Um, Cindy's done a fantastic job. Um, it's going to be just great. And we've got some great freebies to hand out as well which um, you will only be available if you join us live and how do you do that it's quite simple go to the wp tonic website backstroke webinar and you'll be able to register for our webinar and if you're looking if you've been thinking about doing that course and you've just not done that first step of a thousand mile journey as they say we are going to motivate you to do that first step so hopefully you join us soon. Um, and I've just realised that that will be our, we'll be publishing this after the webinar. So I will have to cut that out. Uh, um, we'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.